KTH 9:10 a.m. interview of the week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. Hope you're doing well, having a good weekend. And uh, on this program, we talk about a lot of things. It's very eclectic. And uh, if it's Catholic and local, we like to talk about it and just introduce you to people who are doing interesting things that you may not otherwise know about if they're not at your parish or you're not, you know, aware of it. So today I am delighted to introduce you to a dear friend of mine who I have come to know and respect and really get to know. Over the last uh, few years, he's a volunteer at the station. He and his wife are, are supporters. His name is Steve Gleason, and uh, he and his wife, Teresa, are parents to six children and four grandkids, and they worship at St. Michael the Archangel Parish in McKinney. Uh, they have a really interesting story, which I guess it probably is pertinent and apropos to, to talk about a little bit at the beginning because it relates to a book that Steve has written called 1500 Years on a Ship, 500 Years on a Boat, Questions for Non-Catholic Christians and Answers for Catholics by Steve Gleason. And it's uh, not a small book, but it's a Got a lot packed into it. It's a labor of love. So, Steve, welcome to the program. Thanks for being here. Hey, Dave. Thanks for having me. Let's uh, have some discussion about the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and the angels and the saints. And uh, <laughs> let's talk about anything you want. We're going to talk about the Summa? Really? Let's, no, I'm oh, kidding. That's some, it, that's some thick stuff there. Yeah, it certainly is. Let's. Uh, I, I think it's so important to hear about your story. We've done an interview about your story before, and uh, people, uh, they may be at a parish where you've gotten up and spoken. And of course, you've got you know two and a half minutes, yes. and so you can't say too much from the pulpit when we're selling raffle tickets in the winter. But uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and why it, it ties in so well to the book that you've written. Sure. Well, I'm still bitter at my parents that made me wait 44 <laughs> days to be baptized. Wow. Yeah, 44 days. I looked back on my birth, uh, my baptismal certificate, and I laughed at myself. I said, "Why did mom and dad wait 44 days to have me get born again?" Which um, in the subjects we'll be talking about, somebody would say, you weren't born again at 44 days, and that'll make more sense to you as we go through this time together, yeah. why some people would um, would balk at that comment. But but anyway, yes, I had a, a, a nice life, you know, Catholic parents, they paid for my brother and sister and I to go to Catholic school. My brother and sister went to Catholic high school. The high school didn't want me at that point, and uh, I went to public high school, hmm. <laughs> but uh, you know, raised in the Catholic world, got to serve at the altar for three years as a you know fifth, sixth, seventh grader, I believe it was. It was a really a powerful time looking back on it. Got to participate in all the sacraments and um, carried on, you know, as a as a Catholic into the early teen years, and then you know what happens mm-hmm. so often. Yeah. We don't like to say it's going to happen, but oftentimes uh, there's a lot of fun out there yeah and the two sometimes don't merge with with each other well and found myself you know pretty distanced from from christ from church from mass from the sacraments and you know it's like you're you're heading uh transatlantic and you're one degree off in a ship we say mm-hmm. and the next thing you know you end up in australia and we're <laughs> heading there and, and it's like our life yeah, you know yeah. it's just a little here and a little there and yeah. all of a sudden no no huge you know storming out of the house and saying i renounce my faith it wasn't that right no yeah. it's just all of a sudden you know sunday morning isn't as important because uh there's the beach and there's waves and there's fun and there's friends and there's this and there's that we were mm-hmm. we were raised 
you know, at the beach in Southern California. So that was always right there for us. And it was just a blast. But yeah, little by little, you kind of drift away. Yeah, certainly. And you drifted eventually that one degree pretty far away, so much so that uh, you became a Protestant pastor, right? Well, I drifted, yeah, I, I drifted away and uh, had moved to San Diego to go to, be, to go to, to go to college and finished college down there. But uh, in my last year, had a, a, a truly real experience with, with Jesus Christ and devoted my life to him. And, be, you know, began to go to, to back to Catholic Church for a short while, but met a bunch of people at what was the beginning stages of Calvary Chapel, which kind of was born out of Costa Mesa in Southern California. Mm-hmm. And it was just this kind of freewheeling, you know, the, the pastor, they were all pioneer churches filled with, you know, ex-surf cats and ex-druggies and party kids. And, yeah. And, it, you know, but, but these guys now were, were really wanting to live right. And so, you know, it'd be like a Time magazine and a Bible. Uh-huh. Would be the pastor yeah. would preach from, and you know the the Christ is coming soon. The rapture could happen tonight. You may not get out of here tonight. <laughs> Give your life to Jesus, and yeah. every every church service, you know, was you know a hundred people, but thirty four would go forward, you know, mm-hmm. and raise their hand and come to come to Christ. And, but they were genuine. I mean, they, these were people that were it, really seeking the it, Lord, yeah, though, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, and you know, a lot of music came out of this this Calvary Chapel movement. You know, guys that played in rock bands, and now all of a sudden we're devoting their lives. So yeah, I know for me it was it was sincere, and and all. And why was that so easy at that to make that sort of verbal, you know, confession and that move towards Christ? I, I look back and I understand from a Catholic point of view, from a biblical point of view, from a theological point of view, that all those sacraments that I was given—baptism, confirmation, the Eucharist, going to confession. All those things added up and just exploded for me and came back to life quickly for me. So I, I, it wasn't just like, hey, I'm going to ask Jesus in my heart and, um, and then I'm going to heaven, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. wh- which, is, which is part of what we'll discuss today. Some of these kinds of things that the greatest move, you know, out there in the church is, is this element, you know, of just uh, raise your hands. Somebody preaches a message, you raise your hand, you come forward, you give your life to Jesus, you're safe. Yeah. Uh, Solafide, right? I'm going to heaven. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And so, you know, I carried on, and yes, I I had a a deep sense of, you know, Christ wanting to do something in my life. Uh, After finishing college, graduating, uh, entered into a Bible college, spent three years full-time there, you know, 7.30 a.m. back to 12.30 noon every day, studying uh, you know, to, to move toward ministry, uh, ended up heading out uh, from San Diego, which is where the Bible college was, and started a church because that's what you did. You did, mm-hmm. you know, you're not going to identify with the denomination. The Bible college I went to was, quote, a non denominational Bible college. So we yeah. had, you know, Presbyterian pastors that taught Greek and Hebrew. We had young guys, really, that kind of came off the street and taught. The, you know the rudiments of the Christian faith, and and everything sort of in between. So it was a, a real mix match of of p- positions, you know, biblically, theologically yeah. coming from. And it, did that create confusion? I mean, to have people coming from all different uh, angles, or they did, did their best. You know, the administration and the president did his best to 
tamed that and almost promoted this idea of like, let's just major on the majors, you know, yeah, that, yeah. which is a common thing. Let's don't major on the minors. Let's don't worry about if you have to sprinkle or if you have to dip or yeah. if you have to dunk or, you know, let's don't worry about th- these kinds of things. But all these things are important and valuable and have a premise to mm-hmm. them, you know. So yeah. he really, for that situation, did a good job at keeping everybody tamed because <clears throat> you're talking about – you know, it was like 300 students and all pretty go-getter type men and women, mm-hmm. you know, guys and ladies that were wanting to go from the school. And as I like to say, I was going to go win the world for Jesus in 10 years by moving to another city, yeah. found a building at a high school, you know, take a Bible, open up a place, put a sign in the front, put a church name on it that you just yeah. make up. And <laughs> preach the gospel and hope people come. You yeah. know? And did they come? People come. People came. And, you know, we ended up, I uh, ended up being in that city for, for 10 years, um, y- you know, in ministry. And uh, another pastor and I worked closely. The church grew, built a big building and, you know, got yeah. to, got, you know, that was a good time with, with the knowledge that I had. And, and yeah. I had, I had, Drifted from, of course, Catholic thought, but had so much Catholic thought in me that as I look back, yeah. I realize, wow, that was Catholic thought. I didn't, I didn't, um, you know, it was a, the world of sort of charismatic evangelical Christianity. So yeah. praying for the sick and we'd hold meetings, you know, and, and preach Christ and him crucified, you know, come forward, receive the Lord. And, and one of the, <laughs> Can, can I ask you, yeah. before you move on to that, quite that next point, uh, I want to ask you, at this point where you've got your church, you got people coming, you're, you know, probably enjoying, you know, what you're doing and feeling good about it. Was there any ache where you're thinking about your, your previous, I mean, were you missing Catholicism at all? And also, secondly, were your parents or anybody in your Catholic life, you know, talk, asking you my to come parents, back? My parents were so confused. Um, about this because upon graduation at the Bible College, yeah. the the president, um, they, they brought in some other pastors that would sort of pray you off, you know, it was kind of a quote, kind of a prophetic thing. And and so the, this, the president says of me, Steve Gleason, you know, clearly, cl- you know, clearly uh, a pastoral life, and heading off into the vineyard. And my mother looks at my father, I find out later, and says, oh, my God, where are they sending him off to? <laughs> you know? Because, you know, we're using yeah. all these biblical terminologies. Right, that right. It, you know, it's like shop talk, right? Yeah, you know, you're, yeah. you're in the weeds of Bible terminology. Yeah, and, yeah. and, you know, it's, I call it Christianese, right? Yeah, it's just right. words a lot of, if you're not in that. And they were just shocked, and my parents were like, we don't really get it. And I says, Mom and Dad, all that good training and all that hard-earned money you spent sending us to school, it's all come to fruition in mm-hmm. me, but we don't understand it. Why are you going to go off and start one of these churches? Why don't you join the, the like the Lutheran or the Presbyterian? Yeah. Go with, I said, no, that's not what we do. Yeah. We just go off on our own because we don't want to – we use misinterpretation of a verse that St. Paul wrote. I'm not going to build on another man's foundation. Yeah. Well, Paul said that in a completely different aspect. Yeah. And so we had the belief that like, I'm not going to go, you know, and, and tag along somebody else. I'm, I'm a pioneer. I'm going to go out, yeah. you know, and just start on my own. And, so, you know, so many people did. And for a lot of people, it wasn't going to work uh, out of the element. For other people, it was unbelievable. Like a guy go to a city, start a church in two years, there's, you know, 1,500 people, and, 
six years or yeah. 18,000. I mean, yeah. sometimes, you know, a person's or orator skills or just, you know, the, a combination of a lot of things will cause some churches to just really yeah. grow. But it, it, it's, it's just easy pickings because we don't have obligation in these non-Catholic churches. They're, they're, that yeah. word is a no-no word where I was coming from. Mm-hmm. That word's a blessing and where we're coming from as Catholics. Yeah. Obligation, you know, as a family mm-hmm. member, you have obligation. Oh, yeah. As an employee, you have obligation. As a wife or a husband, you have obligation. But, you know, in this non-Catholic world, that word has nothing to do with us. We're yeah. free. We live. It's grace. Don't worry about it. Don't put any, you know, judgment. Don't put any pressure. Don't put any condemnation on me. Kind of, yeah. a, kind of yeah. an attitude. Well, here you are in 2020 doing an interview as a, as a Catholic. And so in our story, you're still the, you know, a pastor of a Catholic church. I mean, not Catholic church, a Christian church in California with a growing, you know, congregation. So something happened between then and now. And I know it's a long story, but uh, when yeah. did the, this start, this whole life start to crackle? A handful of years ago, I was just driving in the car. And there I am flipping through the radio stations like many of us do. And I'm going through the 660 and everybody in this area, of course, understands these radio stations. And it's 570 politics, 660 politics. It's 820 politics. It's 860 country music. (laughs) And all of a sudden, the next dial that accepted, you know, the it came on was Patrick Coffin, Tim Staples, and an angry caller. Yeah. Yeah. And the angry, 9, 10 a.m. Yeah. 9, 10 a.m. That's us. K A T H 9, 10 a.m. radio. <laughs> Keep it on your dial. <laughs> so I, I hear this guy, um, you know, voice accentuated, kind of angry. And Patrick Coffin asks him the question that caught my attention forevermore. And he said, Oh, oh okay. What is the Super Bowl? of your problem with the Catholic Church. And I just kind of laughed out loud, like, what's your Super Bowl problem? In other words, what's the biggest one you can think of? And he just was like, this whole Mary thing is just out of control. Just too much talk about Mary. We don't worship human beings. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Caught my attention. I listened. And Pat and Tim Staples uh, began to answer his question. And and the way Tim dealt with this guy was outstanding. And he... He touched on philosophy, he touched on theology, he touched on biblical truths, he touched on canon law, I think. I mean, in in like three minutes, he just unwound this guy, mm-hmm. and I said, I got to hear that again. Yeah. And I began to listen, and I began to listen, began to develop some of the favorite shows on 910 AM radio, and uh, just realized, Steve... What are you doing? You got to go back and study all that church history yeah. that, you, that you studied years ago. And so I went all the way back to Matthew sixteen eighteen with Jesus and with Peter and began to walk forward through history with all the early apostolic fathers, the church fathers. Was this the Catholic church that gave us the Bible or did the Bible give us a church? Mm. You know, um, where does the Bible fit in all this? And I then began to just dig in deeper and deeper and began to pray about this all this time keeping this i didn't really go home and tell teresa about yeah. all this i just was kind of keeping it to my chest and 
uh, after about oh, and I would sneak off. So I was leading a prayer. I wasn't pastoring at this at mm-hmm. this time yeah. when all this occurred. Okay, that was all in Southern California. So I would, but I was leading a prayer group at my church, which was close to St. Michael's, and I would leave after leading that prayer group and run over to St. Michael's, just sit in the back. Sometimes I could be there for like 15 or 20 minutes and then run back to church, and it was just seeping in me, you know. It was just seeping in me. I'd listen. I was looking around. And because, you know, at, at our church, we had the, the lights and the, and the Christian rock band and mm-hmm. a lot of activity. You walk in, everybody's pumped up, you know, high-fiving yeah. each other. Hey, brother, how are you? <laughs> Fired up. Who, you know, who got saved last night? And we prayed for so-and-so and, you know, the blind eyes open. And, you know, that kind of intense, uh, you know, talk and activity. And then I'd go over to the Catholic Mass and it was so quiet and still, but contemplative and, and, and really you could hear something different. Mm-hmm. And I just, one day, I just, one morning, I said to Teresa, I said, honey, I am going to a Catholic Mass this morning. She goes, well, great, I'm going to go with you then. <laughs> like, just like that. Not exactly now, she, putting up a big fight, huh? No, she, was, yeah. she was a cradle Catholic, too. Yeah. And we never really talked about all those things over the years. We yeah. just, it just, we were, we were moving in the groove that we were in, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that, and that was that. And... So we went and walked into Mass. Uh, Father James was there, and tears just tears just strolled down our, our faces mm. together. Yeah, we just walked in. Dave, here's what here's one of the things that caught me. All of a sudden, from behind us, well, a lot of things caught us, but there was music in the loft behind us, up in the choir loft. Mm-hmm. Why did that mean anything to me? Because I had just gotten kind of tired of the cameras flashing onto the face of the lead guitarist yeah. and the worship leader and the keyboardist. Yeah. And the they had exhilaration about it, but I'm not saying those people individually were sh- were sh- trying to be showy. Yeah. I just I had just gotten fed up. It was like too much of humanity. Yeah. I wanted more yeah. divinity if I could My say wife that. made a distinction one time. She said there's a difference between worshiping and performing. And, uh, and, and again, like you say, we don't, we can't judge hearts and we don't no, know what people no, are no. doing, but when you're up in a loft, nobody's looking at you. Nobody's so you're, looking you're not at performing. you. So you're yeah, up there yeah. because you want, and then all of a sudden it caught me by surprise that here came two altar servers, a deacon and a priest, but the altar server had a cross that was, you know, 10 feet tall heavier than him yeah. you know little guy was <laughs> little guy was it was kind of weaving back and yeah. forth you know and he's walking forward with a crucifix holding it and when he passed by us i just the emotion that just poured out of me and so that crucifix is moving toward the tabernacle up the front that crucifix is moving toward the crucifix that's also you know behind the tabernacle or above it and it was this you know, joining together of this moment of walking Christ, you know, toward that altar yeah. where he would be represented in the sacrifice from Calvary and given to us in the form of the Holy Eucharist. And so all of a sudden, all these things began to pour forth. Fortunately, I had this this history with this, so it wasn't mysterious to me. Because, you know, when we invite Catholic, non-Catholic friends to a Catholic Mass, sometimes you feel like you got to give a you know, a 15-minute introduction. Now, this is yeah. what's going to happen. And don't be weird about this. Yeah. And if you see some incense going, you know, yeah. this isn't some kind of demonic incantation that's going to go on or anything like that, you know. so we, 
But yeah, we then, you know, Teresa and I just, you know, joined in, began to learn more and more and more and, you know, poured ourselves into our, our yeah. faith, to our parish and got involved immediately. And then I heard this guy named Dave Palmer on the radio <laughs> that said, Hey, if you want to. And then you went back to being a Protestant, right? Heard <laughs> <laughs> no, nope, not all heard him. I said, he said, Hey, if you want to, you know, come speak or give some talks about something, I, in my, I'm like, I want to go talk about this, this, life in Jesus again with the Catholic Church. And so yeah. it came down here, you and I met together, and yeah. here we've been running yeah, together I, I, I've for told years. You, I told you before that I had I met you and uh, the other gentleman, Rob Broll, on the same day. You both oh. answered the same ad, and you both seem too good to be true because you're just <laughs> these, you know, uh, well-put-together professional guys who want to go out and do talks. And I'm like, mm, this is too good to be true. <laughs> and you both, to this day, continue to help and uh, be a, an amazing blessing. So... That was a good day for me when I met the two good, of you guys. A good day, better day for me. Yeah, let me. I want to get into the book, and if you're just tuning in, this is the uh, this is an extended version of the uh, interview of the week. I knew when I started this that uh, we just were not going to be able to tell this story in 20 minutes or 25 minutes, and so we're going. This is what we call a double interview. It takes the whole hour because I think it's an important enough topic, and Steve certainly is is, is deserving of of a, of a full 50 minutes of uh, of, of of interview time. Uh, Steve Gleason, as I mentioned before, and his wife Teresa from St. Michael the Archangel Parish in McKinney and a wonderful story. And I've got one follow-up just to fill in a gap and then we're going to get into the book. Uh, His book is called 1500 Years on a Ship, 500 Years on a Boat. He'll explain that in a moment. Questions for non-Catholic Christians, answers for Catholics. And I I don't want to dwell on this, but I'm just curious because we left a big gap in your story. You're you're running a a, a Protestant church out in California, then all of a sudden you're in McKinney, Texas, listening to the radio, I mean, flipping through the radio Mm -hmm. dial. Probably a, a couple of decades in between there that we didn't mention. Just real quickly, why did you leave the church and and move to Texas? If you can maybe give a so, quick, quick answer about that. So the middle aged kids, you know, had been out here in Texas, and so there was some visits that we would do to come out to Texas. And then just one one day, Teresa just says, "Would you ever be open to to moving to Texas?" Yeah, uh, a couple of the kids were out here, a couple weren't, um, and. You know, my immediate thought is, how much do I love the ocean? How much do I love the waves? How much do I love that yeah. part of my life that I've, you know, grown up in? And um, we've got Hurricane Harbor, you know, out here. Yeah, I, and I, I've I've been to one of these places, lo- a couple of them locally here in Texas, where you you know you can surf in a wave pool and stuff. Yeah, and so, yeah. but uh, gosh, we can fly to uh, to California for less money now than it takes to you know, drive, drive down to Waco or Austin, the gas where tank. the wave parks are <laughs> and such. But yeah, yeah, so it just came out here and we, t- we talked, you know, we talked about it. We prayed about it, put our house on the market, which was in Thousand Oaks, uh, actually a little part of that town called Newberry Park oh. and sold the house. And all of a sudden we got a, you know, we, we've got a U-Haul truck with our goods and uh, heading out this way. And we've been here 11, 12 years now or so, right about yeah. in there. And, you know, really enjoy it. I mean, we're here. I'm staying here. All right. At least stay here for the next 25 minutes because <laughs> I want to finish this interview. Uh, and, and, and by the way, just a side note, for those of you listening, Steve was featured on Marcus Grody's, uh Journey Home program. If you want to, I'm sure if you go on YouTube and you look that up, you can find it. And Or I'm sure Steve can email it to you if you want to see that link. And so he uh, he did get on that program, which is uh, it's a great blessing as well. All right. So explain the name of the book uh, and the just a sure. little bit of the inspiration. 
inspiration because I mean this this isn't as we mentioned this isn't a small book I mean I'm looking at it I have a copy of it right here in front of me and this is you know it takes two hands to hold up I mean this is a big one so uh, how well, did this come about you know I I fundamentally love inquiring about people my my major in at San Diego State was sociology and psychology and that so I've always been interested in what people think about mm-hmm. things and so I'm not. You know, I'm not really aggressively like in your face kind of a guy. I prefer to ask a question, hear yeah. a response, and then I, I'm able to really form an answer. I think that's more pertinent to why you're thinking what you're thinking. And so I like questions, and I like inquiring of people where they're coming from. And so I started thinking about. I started asking myself some questions in my mind that I would ask non-Catholic Christians, more you know, Christians more than just like people that aren't even that just don't believe in God or atheists or anything. That was yeah. my that was my thing. I wanted to deal with Christians and particularly uh sort of the the mega church Christian, you know, the charismatic evangelical Christian, not not so much high high um you know high Lutheran, high Presbyterian, yeah. Anglican, not yeah. so much that. Just that average person out there that you know, went to a uh, Luis Palau, Billy Graham, you know, Mike McIntosh meeting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Joel Osteen. Wa- yeah, yeah walked forward and Joel Osteen and all of, you know, everybody that you would see on TV, mm-hmm. you know, the, on, yeah. on non-Christian, on non-Catholic TV, yeah. TBN and such. Those are the people that, that I'm wanting to, you know, move toward. And so th- the name came up to me after starting to write some of these questions, 15 years, 1500 years on a ship, that's the Catholic Church. 500 years on a boat. So, you know, would you rather, Dave, if you were heading to, oh, Cozumel, you know, would you rather be on a beautiful cruise ship that's going to get to where you're going with all the right information, the right food, you know, the right setting, or would you rather go on a, on a little life boat that, mm-hmm. that they drop off the ship and hope that you get there? Yeah. Well, the the little lifeboat may get to the place where it's going yeah and and they will yeah but the odds are better if you're on the ship yeah and so that's what it is to me is that you know the church stood strong for all these years and then we know certainly of the protestant reformation and all that's poured out of that you know some good but mostly things that have stirred it up and yeah. brought a lot of confusion. There's just so much confusion yeah. and no singularity of, uh, of, of belief and, and doctrine. And so, you know, and then I said questions for non-Catholic Christians, answers for Catholics. And so I began to just develop questions. And then I thought, I got to support the answer with church teaching. So in the book, you know, after each question, there are multiple choice answers that you can bring to the question. After that question, there is a reason I give that I would ask the question. And then after that, there is support for each one of those questions from Catholic teaching that I researched to make sure that it was accurate, from the Catechism of the Catholic Church, and from the Bible. So there's these three supporting uh, aspects to each of these questions and to these answers. And so the book is formed around either true or false or multiple choice. Or thirdly, uh, you know, strongly agree, strongly disagree, moderately agree, moderately disagree. So, mm-hmm. the, you know, and so this is a book that can be used, uh, you know, in one on one questions and answers. It could be used in a group setting. It's fun to set up people, married couples. 
you know, married couples that aren't Catholics, and, and to find out in 10 questions, they are going to typically have three of those questions or even four they're going to have different answers on. Mm-hmm. And yet they've been going to the same church or of the same beliefs for a but long But everybody's time. going to get an answer regardless of you're, what you're going to, uh, you're yeah, going to you're have. You get to, you yeah. get to have an answer. I mean, you can, yeah, it's true or false, multiple choice. You yeah. have a, you're going to give an answer. Yeah. And yeah. and it's going to oftentimes be different than your, even your spouse. It reminds me of the, the Summa uh, where Thomas asks a question and then he gives several objections for coming from different angles. Then he answers each of the objections. Says, did Were you um, inspired by any, like it was there a book that, so you said I, I I like this and I'm gonna I'm gonna um, kind no. of base it on that or was this kind no. of a new idea altogether? It was just a it was just me. This is just me, you yeah. know the, the way I, I like to communicate. So the Summa, um, I know how that. After I started this, I heard how the Summa w- mm-hmm. was set up yeah. like that, yeah. and I didn't go back to it to try to do it. I just these are just relevant questions that I think the the average that should be asked of the average sort of evangelical Christian out there today. And it turned out to be, you know, 200 of them. Uh, yeah. And those are in just, you know, fundamentally in categories. In fact, I, I have some, I have some questions, you know, I thought it might yeah, be Yeah, I want to go over to, some of the, yeah, go, go, go over some of these. Yeah. Uh, I do have a couple of uh, uh, questions. First of all, this is, uh, must have taken a long time. And was, was were yeah. you, re, two, what, two what were your sources when you're yeah. trying to figure out, okay. you know, were you going to the catechism exclusively yep. scripture? Were there any of the apologists that we're familiar with that you leaned on, the Steve you know, Rays or the, yep. uh, you know, Dr. Hans, or who, who did so, you rely on? You know, Weidenkopf. You know Jimmy Aiken, of course. Tim State. These are con- the yeah. contemporary ones. Yeah. Yeah. Steve Ray. Um, you know various priests that that I've come to, you know, respect. Of course, the catechism sat there, you know, consistently always, and, and I made sure that there was a catechism support yeah. to every question, and the catechism would off, you know, oftentimes takes you through the numeric footnote system to maybe a. a 700 yeah. AD or 1100 AD yeah. priest or doctor of the church, you know, and so I could, I could research further. And then, um, you know, through Catholic.com, you know, Catholic Answers, uh, finding, making sure that when under the church teaching part that I write what the church teaching is on that. And so I, I, I wouldn't go to like blogs or forums, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, yeah. necessarily, unless it was a blogger. Like say Monsignor Pope, mm-hmm. you know that we're yeah. having here soon. Yes, um, that was a, a trustworthy voice writer and understood, you know, theology. Yeah. But just your average like blogger that might be out there or these forums where there's a lot of opinions. I I stayed away from that. Tried to stay with mm-hmm. uh, solid, you know, that I could trust as as Catholic teaching. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, the, but the catechism was really a primary source, and then within the catechism, of course, there's always. Uh, biblical texts that I would that I would uh, use also. Yeah. Well, let's dig into one of the questions. Okay. You want to give us an example? Yeah. Here's here's one. So here's how a question would go. This is a true false question. So here, Dave, let's pretend. Okay, I'm, I'll, I'm I'll sit, be your yeah, your you. subject, right? Yeah. So most everything I know about the Christian life has come directly from the Bible and the Holy Spirit teaching me. Because of that, I do not pay much attention to Christian radio, Christian TV, DVDs, podcasts, teaching syllabus, blogs, apps, catechisms, Google searches, or sermons because they are just other people's opinions. <laughs> wow, that's... <laughs> True or false? Um, 
Okay, so this so, uh, it basically said the only thing that uh, basically to, to yeah. summarize that I you're just, just need to Bible know what's guy. what's in scripture, yeah, right? Just, yeah. you're a Bible so so guy. That, that's false because yeah. that takes out tradition and takes out the magisterium and of, course, of the church. That's where yeah. you would think, but uh, uh, so you're asking a guy, you know, or a woman. You know, basically, you believe the Bible and the Holy yeah. Spirit teaches you. Yeah, and they this would is, say this true. This is what we yes. have a lot, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah. brother, uh, the the Holy Spirit's my guide. He's my teacher. Yeah. John sixteen says that he will teach all things. He's the Comforter. He's the teacher of the church. I'm the church. I'm the called out. I'm the chosen. You know, Christ is in me. The Holy Spirit leads me. And I've just, if it's not in the Bible, I don't believe it. If it's in the Bible, I believe it. Right? Yeah. That, that's yeah. you know, and so therefore. You don't pay attention to any of those other things. Well, right off the bat, you know that's a contradiction yeah. because that guy goes to church. Mm-hmm. That guy searches on Google for this, that, and the other. Listen to how listening to preachers. Yeah, and, yeah he's listening yeah. to preachers. He's got you know maybe Reading books on TBN, yeah. and he's got his favorite. He's Kenneth Copeland's on there, or Jesse Duplantis, or Joel Osteen. He's got his guys, right? Yeah, he's yeah. got his guys. So he's listening to that. But no, it's got to be in the Bible, or else he's not in with it. So. It's a true or false. So, if they answer true, uh, that's that's fine. And their and their options within true are then they have to answer this. Okay, so they they okay. say true. Well, then if it's not in a, if it's not in the Bible, I don't believe it. Is that your answer? Or B, all of God's wisdom is in the Bible. Therefore, someone else's wisdom is not needed. Mm-hmm. Or there are too many opinions, so I just keep my own interpretations to myself. Yeah, and isn't isn't that I mean, I know for a fact that is where so many of the people are. Yeah. Hey, I just, I just like to interpret the Bible for myself. When it speaks to me, mm-hmm. that's the Lord. Yeah. If it doesn't speak to me, it doesn't really matter. And so, you know, it's, it's the Bible. Um, the Holy Spirit's my teacher. And if it feels right, then that's it. Or if you chose false, here would be your choices if you said false, like you did. I realize that the Bible has all the truth, but there are specific moral and social issues not recorded. Great teachers and leaders synthesize some of these issues and therefore bring clarity for the body of Christ. Or you might say, it is arrogant to say that I do not need anybody else's insights. Or you might say, I have, Jesus said, I have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them right now. Howbeit, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. Some of these truths can be passed down through the early church fathers and all the way to present times. Or you could say all the above. And the great answer is all the above. Yeah, all yeah. those or is what you'd want somebody to answer uh, for both both true and false? Yeah. They could say all the above, right? Uh, well, uh, or could under, they? under false, they would have that, that. Those were their options. Yeah. But that's what you'd want somebody to say. Yeah, I'm. I, I'm. I'm not going to be arrogant and think that I know everything yeah. about this book. This this book, yeah. This book could be. You can read Jesus wept right two shortest yeah. the shortest verse in the Bible, and through a lifetime be fed by those two words right uh-huh. yeah on the other hand it is a library it's there's different aspects to the bible you know it's not in any kind of order necessarily yeah it's written from different mindsets to three different continents by 40 different writers and three different languages you know and with different intent yeah those letters had intent to them yeah and there's a science called hermeneutics, you know, which is the study of how to interpret scripture. Mm-hmm. So, you know, does the mechanic just, he doesn't read the mechanic's book? No, it just, he's just going to do what feels good. No, in every aspect of life, there are, there are rules, you know, there are ways of understanding, there's ways of interpretation. 
there's methodology to these things, and that's true with the Holy Bible too. Yeah, it's it it's not a book to just you know you just open it and think you just know everything about it. Yet two words can feed you know yeah. feed your life for forever. It doesn't yeah. take many you know for, for just to be consoled. You know, Jesus says, you know, your sins are forgiven. Go and sin no more. You can yeah. live on that for. Ever, yeah, that yeah. that doesn't take too much interpretation. But if you try to start saying that you you have access yourself, you know, to full understanding, what's going to happen is you're going to realize that the church across the street or the guy across the street who has the same Jesus, the same Holy Spirit, and the same Father believes completely different than you do about the Bible. I yeah. mean, that, that's what. That's what's really interesting about this. Let me let me just take a pause here to let everybody know who's listening that uh, this is the interview of the week here on KTH nine ten a.m. My name is Dave Palmer. Cecil Anderson's running the board. My guest is Steve Gleason, and he's the author of a really interesting and uh, well researched book called Fifteen Hundred Years in a Ship, Five Hundred Years in a Boat: Questions for Non Catholic Christians, Answers for Catholics. And if it's okay, I'm going to go ahead and give out your email address and phone number if people are interested in getting this you can contact steve directly and we'll say this again at the end of the interview as well uh email address is sozo8210 at gmail.com s-o-z-o-8210 at gmail.com or else you can call steve directly 805-910-8873 so again we'll repeat those again at the end and uh, he'll tell you Kind of where the book is and uh, how long, how much it is, and so how, Dave, how you can get your hands on it. Okay. To follow up on that question, there is another one in a, in a different part of the book, but it, it kind of tags on this one since we're on that subject. Here's another true and false question. Okay. When determining truth, doctrines, and morals, most Christian churches use the teachings of the Bible and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So it's safe to say that most churches have agreement on doctor assisted suicide, abortion, contraception, and embryonic stem cell research. Well, <laughs> well, I know that's false. You know that's yeah, false. But some people sure. may say, well, I'm sure. But yeah, you're pointing out a contradiction because if the Holy Spirit is guiding all these different right. parish ch- churches, well, then they should come to the same conclusion, but they don't. I was driving down Greenville Boulevard in the Allen area uh, not long ago, and I always... You know, churches always... Every time I see a church, I just, churches is just what I like to look at, you know, yeah. so I'm... I, so here's the United Methodist Church, and then I keep going, and I counted eight churches within less than one mile. There was, there was like Allen Bible Church, pres, a couple Presbyterian churches, the Methodist Church, um, and of course St. Jude's was, was, St. Jude's Catholic Church was up the way. But there was eight churches in this little one-mile area, and I just looked, and I, I know the, the fundamentals of what most denominations believe. And I, I just went, oh my goodness, the, these, there's so many differing opinions right here in one mile. Mm-hmm. Eight pretty yeah. decent-sized churches. And so, do, you know, do most... I mean, Planned Parenthood has a chaplain. I mean, you know, yeah. that tells you enough. I mean, there's That's some Christian very deni- person who believes that you can actually bless the killing of children. I mean, that... That's very yeah. contradictory. In, yeah. Yeah. In a, a full-on Christian church. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. it just wild. Well, so, you know, and then to that question I ask, what, whatever their answer was, true or false, I could support my belief 
about each one of these subjects from the Bible. And so a, a person might say, no, I think embryonic stem cell research is great. Oh, if you can if you can give a family that can't have children that, then then that's fantastic. A lot of Christians, people who have professed Christ, love the Bible, go to church three times a week in a prayer group, say a prayer before dinner, would be fine with embryonic stem cells. Stel, sem, stem cell. cell research or uh, and, IVF is that what you're referring to also as like the in vitro fertilization for pregnancy or well, and that yeah. and that too but yeah. you know I mean, stem stem cell research is one thing embryonic stem cell research yeah. is where we as Catholics are against so we're not right. going to make sure that babies are aborted and used as a funnel yeah especially financially you know to help other people have children so we're not against stem cell research yeah you know I think Father Spitzer's having some kind of that done. It's, right. it's the embryonic yeah. one. You know, it doesn't take fetuses, life. Yeah. Aborted fetuses, yeah. So, but, and uh, certainly abortion, doctor-assisted suicide. I know a lot of Christians would be like, well, you know, grandma doesn't feel well and she's not sure and, you know, she's she's lived to be, you know, 73 years old and she's in yeah. pain. Let's just maybe, you know, pull that plug. Yeah. That sounds really harsh, but so in 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 the Catholic Church, we have... You know, we have a catechism. We have uh, these these social moral issues that are defined for us, and certainly Catholic. You know, at, for the most part, Catholics agree on this stuff. Well, it's it's faded a little bit, but for the most part, you know, we have we have a theme on these things. We believe it, or we can research where it is. These churches, the average pastor that's out there, there's you know thirty three hundred people coming. They have a great worship team. People are excited and coming to church. They don't have any idea what their church believes, what their pastor believes, because they don't even want to touch on these subjects. Yeah, yeah. Why don't they want to touch on these subjects? Because maybe 18% of the congregation is going to bolt out the door mm-hmm. if they told them what they really believed. Yeah. And so there, there's no unit, unanimity of belief on these really heavy-duty subjects. Yeah, yeah. You know, we, we, can, we can talk about free will and we can talk about predestination those things you can argue on you know for forever if you want but these are things that have to do with human life you know yeah and that are valuable the the, the social moral side of the church is is a dominant part of what we believe but those aren't things that are discussed too much what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to come to church uh at, at the churches that where I'm coming from in the past Dave and we're, what we're going to do is we're going to have a greeting a warm greeting from from the pastor, the worship leader. We're going to have three fast songs that rock. We're going to have four slow songs that bring people into a, a sedentary <laughs> mood, sort of a worshipful yeah. mood. We're going to take a strong offering. We're going to spend mm-hmm. a good three or four minutes on a, a, a tithe offering. Then we're going to grab the Bible. We're going to preach for 45 or 55 minutes. And we're going to give some announcements on a video screen that are engaging. And, and then we leave. And that Bible teaching is the central part of the church yeah. service, right? And and maybe we can discuss all that as related to a Catholic church. Uh, but that that's and we don't want to get onto too many of these edgy subjects, these social moral subjects. All right. So let me let me ask you about the structure of it. I'm I'm looking at my copy here, and uh, you have a, a first section called scatter shooting, and then the church part A B C, the Bible part A and B, then salvation, the mass. And then a glossary and sources. And so, uh, tell us how does part A, part B, part C of the church? What are the different, uh, so, you know, sections yeah, of the book? They aren't. 
they aren't set up at, in just a purely topical way. They're just yeah. there were there's just three different. There's I tried to make them in twenty five question groups. Yeah. So their various phases and aspects of the church are various phases and aspects of the Bible. So each one of those isn't necessarily like from thirty three A.D. to five hundred A.D. and yeah. from five hundred to fifteen hundred and fifteen hundred to contemporary times. Mm-hmm. It's not like that. They're just. They're just questions that sort of mix and mingle all the way through. Yeah. And have you had um, any test readers or have you given it to any Protestants and any feedback that you've so received? Along, along, the, along the, you know, through the course of writing it, yeah, I would ask people, um, you know, I, I would ask them questions. Um, you know, I have in a complete book, I've handed it to a few people and it seems you know, it's a lot of book. And so I've just tried to yeah. have people give like the scatter shooting yeah. is 25 questions from a little bit of each of those other categories. Right. right. So scatter shooting was about this sort of mixed uh, bag of questions from various different aspects of, of all that we believe. Yeah. And that was, that's more of the fun part. And that allows people to, to dive in a little bit deeper. And, you know, I love having these kind of questions in because just yesterday at, um, I, I swim on a competitive swim team. And somebody made a joke about about Mary, and mm-hmm. she's a Christian, and to another couple guys that go to church, to a small to non-denominational church, and one was like, well, yeah, I know Mary was the mother of Jesus, but not in any mystical sense. And so, you know, I asked a couple of the questions that I have, you know, always ready in my mind, you know, and it, and it, 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 yeah. it made it comfortable because I could ask them questions instead of, you know, sort of acting sacrosanct or yeah, you know yeah. self-righteous or something or right. say something but you want to lower it, the boom you want to yeah, yeah just kind of yeah see where they are be, yeah you know if it's one thing if you say well let's gather around crack a bible get the catechism let's discuss it but are you you know are you and to those of you listening do you feel ready you know in your workplace or wherever you are and the Catholic Church comes up because the Catholic Church is going to come up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you're yeah. if you're alive with eyes open and ears available, something about the Catholic Church is going to come up in your discussion. Or her moral teachings, probably more yeah. likely than not. Yeah. Yeah. Or the you know obviously what the priests. You yeah. Know, and all yeah. this. So you you need to be you know Saint Paul told Saint Timothy to be prepared to give an answer for the hope that lies within you. And Paul told Timothy to be, you know, instant in season and yeah, without, to yeah. have answers, to be ready to comfort people. And so we need to be prepared. And I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, if you grabbed five of these 200 questions out of this book yeah. and, were, and, and put them in your memory bank and even practice them, as silly as that sounds, yeah. you'll be able to withstand some of the, some of the craziness out there. We're just down to our last few minutes here. Steve Gleason's my guest. Uh, the book is called 1500 Years on a Ship, 500 Years on a Boat, Questions for Non-Catholic Christians, Answers for Catholics. One of those rare books that you're not going to find on Amazon right now, right? Not you're, not, you're not going to find it at Sacred Heart Books. You're not going to find it at Little Angels. You're only going to find it by contacting Steve Gleason. Now, hopefully this will change, and one day it will be. But, you know, this is uh, very early on. And uh, that email address, sozo8210 at gmail.com, S-O-Z-O-8210 at gmail.com, or call 805-910-8873. And um, I guess in a, in a part, I'm thinking like you know, people are listening right now, and you have a housewife, and you have a you know, middle-aged guy, and you got a college student, you got a, a priest, you know, who, maybe we have a bishop listening. Who, who, who'd you write it for? I mean, or all the above. 
Yeah, I wrote it really with the 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 kind of the husband and wife that are devoted Christians. They go to church for sure on Sunday. They're they're pretty they're devoted. They read the Bible. You know, they maybe even uh, make sure they listen to some extra teaching, and they 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 love the Lord, and they they like their church. They love their church. I, they were sort of the ones in mind, and, and, and yet in my heart, you know, when I was with Marcus Grodi. Um, Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth, and North Texas. Catholic Radio for your soul on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone. 